Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Living Southern Oregon. Today, I have Maya Lila DeVento. She is a web designer, meditation teacher, somatic birth trauma practitioner, human design reader, nature enthusiast, and co-founder of Roots Outdoor School. She is a lover of life, curious, open, and multi-passionate. Maya Lila's main focus through various modalities is to bring more joy to the world through co-creation of beauty and transformation of trauma. She moved to Southern Oregon in 2014 from Maui. She was born and raised in Southern California, also lived in Argentina and Italy before finally settling here. And since she was eight years old, she knew she would one day live in Oregon which is something that I really want to know more about. And I'm going to start right in with that because I want to know how did you know at eight years old? And tell me, tell me about that. Tell our listeners about that. When I was eight years old, I went on a road trip with my mother and her boyfriend at the time. And we drove from Orange County in Southern California up the coast into Oregon. And I don't even, I don't think we made it all the way up to Portland, but just being in Oregon, we stayed at some little you know, bed and breakfast on the coast. And I just fell in love. And I just, I had this bone deep knowing that I would live in Oregon someday, just like the ferns and the trees and the lushness. And growing up in Southern California, I just, I always wanted more green and more Mm. nature and more water. Um, and so I always assumed that I would end up in Portland because if you're going to live in Oregon, Oregon, you know, you'd live in Portland And I finally went to Portland for the first time in 2013, I think. And I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't the place for me. But I had an aunt who lived here in Grants Pass. She had moved up from San Diego about 20, 25 years ago. And so I spent the summer with her here in Grants Pass and got to know her community and just fell in love with the place. But I returned at the time I was living in San Francisco And then I lived in Mount Shasta and then I lived in Maui, but I just, I never found the same sense of home or the same Mm -hmm. community of amazing people, specifically women, but there are some amazing men here too. But I just, I just feel like this is my home and like, this is where I fit in the world. And I have lived many different places and uh, there are good and bad things about any place you live, Mm -hmm. but I really do love it here. Yeah. So you've been here a while now. Yes. Uh, since 2014. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I can, I can speak to that lushness as well. And it's interesting. I moved, uh, our family moved to Washington state when I was six. Mm. And so I kind of, I spent my childhood in that lush green rivers and lakes and hiking and all of that. And then we moved to California and I just remember that dry and, it just, it really was not the antithesis of lush and now coming kind of to that mid range of it, mm-hmm. right? The kind yeah. of the middle, not quite as wet as Washington state, but still we do have just so much lush and water and rivers yeah. and lakes. And, and I feel like it's a perfect balance because you have the water and the lushness, but you also have sun yes. and <laughs> warmth and you don't have like, I can go about two weeks without the sun and then I can feel my energy draining and I just start mm-hmm. getting depressed and so I, I just feel like Grants Pass is this like perfect little nook where you've got 
all the green in the water and you've got a lot of sunshine. Yeah, so. absolutely. I agree. I love it. Cause I'm also the same way. I need the sunshine too. Yeah. Well, I, I know that you're a nature enthusiast and so I'm not super surprised to hear your involvement with roots. Um, but I would love, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd love for our listeners to hear a little bit more about roots outdoor school and your involvement with them, how you, how you got to that point. And yeah, tell me a little bit about that. So I have two daughters. Um, they are now seven and three, and I'd never really wanted them to go to traditional public schooling. But when my daughter hit kindergarten age, I needed to work and there was a bus. And so it was just convenient. And so she did go for her first year um, to public school, but she had homework every night in kindergarten. And um, I could just see her creativity like reducing because it was all just like color this worksheet, do this math. Da, da, da. And like, she was becoming like less creative and it just, it just hurt my heart. You know, I was just like, this isn't, I don't, I don't feel like this is the ultimate thriving environment for a child. And so in the end of 2019, um, I have a friend who is, uh, she's a Waldorf teacher and we started talking and I was like, I feel this calling to create an outdoor school. And she's like, I do too. And so we started brainstorming and um, talking to people. And again, this is the, the fall, winter of 2019. And so there was a little bit of interest, but people weren't that motivated. And then COVID happened. And so we kind of put everything on hold until the beginning of 2021, where another teacher joined us. Her name is Erin Sosierra. And Aaron are my co-founders and Aaron had worked in the public schools and her son was becoming school aged. And she was like, I don't want this for him. And so the three of us banded up and made roots happen. Um, and last fall was our first year. And so we just finished our first successful year of roots and we had about 26 students, um, kindergarten through fifth grade and it's on private forested land um, off of Lower River Road, so about 15 minutes outside of Grants Pass. And it was just beautiful. Like it was a lot of work and making it happen. It's just, it's insane that it actually came together, but the kids love it so much. Like the kids are just happy and glowing and love it. Yeah. So K through six, how do you split up the, the classes and how does that work with, with teachers and what they're teaching? And so we do mixed age classes. Um, we had a kindergarten and first grade blend this year. And then we had a third to fifth grade because we didn't have any sixth graders this year. And the teachers just got creative basically. Like, uh, the, the older class was taught by two teachers who both had outdoor experience. Um, one is Corbin who has worked in outdoor education, Corbin, Corbin Brashear for about 25 years in Williams and Pacifica. And I think she started Sugarloaf and then Shelby was our other teacher and so they kind of split up like the academics and the creative, but they just tried to, you know, in the past schools historically were mixed aged mm -hmm. and yeah. kids were, you know, the older kids help the younger kids. And like, you know, you give different assignments for the different capacities and the kids really love being together as far mm -hmm. as like the, the mixed ages, because there is that sense of you know, accomplishment and responsibility when you can help the younger ones. And then the little ones obviously look up to the bigger ones. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging to make it work, but we did, we did manage. 
Yeah, I think yeah. that would be harder on the teacher side of it things. It is hard on the teachers, <laughs> yes. It's the teachers but, were amazing. And we were we're placed in project base. Um, we have some Waldorf influences, but we're not really any one specific modality. We just kind of had the teachers make up their own curriculums and work together to um, create something new. So, so when you say place and project, tell me a little bit about what that means. So um, basically it's using what's available in nature around to learn and then also using projects instead of just like a textbook where like, okay, we're going to study this today and open your book to page five. Mm -hmm. It's like they create projects that will incorporate you know, creativity and math and reading and writing. And so it's more of like a holistic and fun way to learn. That's more effective really for kids, but again, more challenging because yeah. it does take more work. Yeah. And is the entire school outdoors or is there indoor periods or how does that? So we work? do have indoor, we have structures. We have, um, 16 by 20 foot wall tents, which are canvas and they have wood burning stoves. So for really inclement weather and for the extreme cold, um, the kids do go in the tents and then do like, you know, learning and reading and creativity and stuff in there. Um, but they're outside most of the time and specifically, Two days, it's a four day week, Monday through Thursday, two days a week. They have expedition days where we actually have, um, there's a Girl Scout property adjacent to where the school is. And mm. so we have a partnership with the Girl Scouts and we get use of their, I think it's like 80 acres with oh, trails awesome. and like a little creek and stuff. And so two days a week, the kids will go on an excursion with their teachers and like learn out in the field and just explore. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And movement is so important. I mean, that's another piece I think of the outdoor school that I can appreciate just straight away is yes. being in nature for one. Yes. It just has so many benefits and movement. Yeah. And so rarely are we seeing that now as, as we add more academics in our public schools and there's just less of that outdoor time, less of the movement. And yeah. Kids need to move. Yeah. The movement, everyone needs to move. Everyone needs to adults move. Adults need to move. We say, like, kids need these things. It's like adults do too. Yeah. But even just the nature component is so mm -hmm. important for um, emotional regulation and just feeling calm in the body. And we, we call our program trauma informed because we're aware that at this point, everybody has trauma, you yeah. know, just like everything we've been through the last few years and especially children, just because, you know, I don't know that they're more traumatized than the adults are, but they have sometimes less ways to, to manage it mm -hmm. and deal with it. But just being in a natural setting, I know for me, I feel better if mm -hmm. I get outside and if I go on a hike and the more time I spend in nature, the better I feel. And so for our children being instead of in a closed room at a school and having, you know, 15, 20 minutes outside, they're outside almost all the time or in like a tent, which has the open walls. And so that just has, it has an impact and a positive effect on their nervous systems. Mm -hmm. And so that part is really important to us. Again, just being in a world that has a lot of trauma, whether it's recognized or not, being outdoors is going to help your children regulate their emotions, feel safer, feel calmer, mm -hmm. feel more connected, you know, have that connection with the natural world that's so important in, I feel, being a healthy human. Yeah, absolutely. And they are experiencing more trauma because, you know, we have access to news that we didn't have access to, you yeah. know, when I was a kid, you didn't, it, it, you just didn't hear and read and see so much going on at all times yeah. every day. 
And I think that is a big piece of it too, that when you talk about the trauma that kids are, they, they, a lot more than we did as a, as adult when we were children. Yeah. So, and it sounds like you have experience in that realm as well. I notice on here, you've done some somatic birth work around trauma. Yeah. Is that something that you did prior? Are you continuing to do? So yeah, I feel like I've been, I, I started meditating in 2000, I don't know, six or seven, um, just to kind of address my own issues with anxiety and mostly anxiety. Like, I feel like I've always had like a latent anxiety that comes from trauma that wasn't, I didn't really realize, realize was there until I was into my thirties, but I started meditating and just giving myself space to heal and time and then studying more just cause I was, I was curious about myself and my healing path. And so learning more about trauma and the ways that it affects people and again, goes unrecognized in many ways. And so in the birth world, women are often subject to things in a hospital that are not the best for them or their babies because it's a system and they're just trying to, you know, do their job and keep the system running. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of birth trauma that isn't addressed or recognized and that women, you know, if you have a, a, a healthy baby at the end of it, you're fine. Like, you know, don't right. worry about it. You know, doesn't matter what happened. In it doesn't between. matter how you felt yeah. through the birth experience. It's just like you were saved by the system. So I, I, I'm a free birth mama. I had both of my daughters at home with my partner. So I've been going into this world of just letting women express like what it was like for them to give birth and, you know, there's a lot there. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> there is. I used to be a doula. So. Okay, so you understand. <laughs> you understand the world. Yeah, of I, birthing and how it's um, it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot there. And so even just for women to be able to express their stories mm-hmm. um, and say, you know, this happened and it didn't feel good or it didn't feel right, um, and be validated. But I also work with a movement meditation called Kindred that helps stuck energy get expressed Mm. and moved and it's very powerful. And so I've started to combine this like birth trauma work with the movement work, um, just in the last, um, in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. You bring a lot of different things to, to that work. I mean, just as being at the, at the school. Yeah. 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 We've got a lot of background there. And then I absolutely love, cause I love when people are, you know, multidimensional, which many of us are, yeah. you know, it's, you, you're also a web designer. I'm a web designer. I've been, <laughs> I've been doing web design for, um, almost over 10 years. Um, and that's kind of always been my bread and butter mm-hmm. and, you know, what I've done. And, and I do, I love working with people to bring their vision online, you know, mm-hmm. and so I work mostly with creatives and small businesses and entrepreneurs and it's just exciting for me to co-create with somebody of like taking that vision and making it into this digital reality that then they can express to the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's been, that's been something that I have a lot of experience in, but I definitely want to move more into like the, the birth and the trauma work and the meditation work, because I feel like we all need help in those areas and it's less, it's, there's less help there often other than like, you know, therapy. 
right. these, these modalities that are, you know, there's a couple, but I yeah. feel like there's more that we can do to again, become mm-hmm. thriving, happy, joyful humans. Yeah. And meditation is so powerful. I mean, there's so much science behind it. Yes. And what I love is just how readily available guided meditations. I mean, I meditate most every morning mm-hmm. and when I'm struggling to find, you know, what I, what do I want to do for my meditation? You can YouTube mm-hmm. <laughs> and just type in yeah. meditation for anxiety, yep. meditation for a positive day, whatever it is you want. And yeah. you get hundreds of results. Yeah. And it's, I think it's great that there's so many and there's apps you can download that will help with that kind of thing as well. So yeah. Insight timer is a really good one. Mm-hmm. And I have some guided meditations on there, but, um, it's free. Like you can sign up for a paid version, but it's also free. And there are just hundreds of thousands of guided meditations for anything, anything that you can think of. Insight timer. Insight timer. It's an app. Yeah. Okay. It's a free app. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. That way people can check that out. That's awesome. Yeah. Because the more resources that you have at your fingertips, the more likely you are to do it. But that's, that's the interesting thing because meditation is so hard also. Like it's the easiest (laughs) and it's the hardest thing because it's like, okay, I just sit and breathe. It's simple. It's not easy. But the mind does (laughs) not want to do that. Your ego does not want to just sit in silence, even if you know all the science of how good it is for your brain and everything. And so it's just, it's always this interesting dance of like something that's so simple and free and easy and helps you so much it can be the hardest thing to do. And I, I've, I've learned that, um, giving up the attachment to the empty mind, like it's okay. Your brain is going to do what your brain is going to do. And over time you get better at it and to just let it go. And if all you do is sit there, I had a friend who says she sits and she puts her thoughts on a log and watch watches the log float down a river. And she's like, and if that's all I do is watch thoughts go down a log. Because she can't stop them. Yeah. Like, great. That's, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So not putting so much pressure to sit and have your brain be completely free. Yes. That's, that's extremely difficult. Yeah. That's extremely difficult. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like there's just this incremental, you know, finding a little bit more peace, a Mm. little bit more calm. Mm -hmm. And like, even if it's only a, a second or two, like that's more than you had maybe before the meditation. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like you accumulate over time, just more peace and calm. And so you get to this higher like set point of just feeling a little more relaxed in your body mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. And so do you teach meditation? Is that something yes. that you do? Mm-hmm. Where, where do you teach? Um, I teach meditation. I do zoom sessions or in person. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really I've done workshops in the past and then kind of put that on hold with COVID and then with kids. Um, but I do teach meditation via zoom. Yeah. And I have some, I actually have a friend who is a doctor who is starting to prescribe people meditation. Mm. And so like refers people to me. And even if it's just five minutes a day, you know, again, like just getting started with just a few minutes helps Mm -hmm. any little bit you can do helps you move forward into gaining more, peace and calm and relaxation. And so, um, with the meditation, I'll usually meet with people once a week and, um, do like a meditation together and then, you know, assign them, okay, meditate five minutes a day and then check in. Cause it always helps to have accountability. It does. When you're trying to make a change. Yep. Habits. Yeah. It's getting into the habit. That's yeah. the, the key with it. Where do you, uh, where can people find you if they want to 
So mayaleladevento.com is my website, and that has pretty much all my offerings on there. And I'm also on Instagram, at mayaleladevento. Okay, perfect. So I'm writing this down because we're going to put this in the show notes so that people can find you if they want to reach out to you about that. Well, I want to go ahead and switch gears a little bit and just talk about, I mean, obviously you fell in love with Oregon from (laughs) from a young age, and I know some of the things that you love, but tell me about what, like when you have family or friends come up from Southern California, (laughs) where do you take them? So I usually take them on one of my favorite hikes, um, Limpy Creek is here in Grants Pass. And it's just such a gorgeous, again, going back to that lushness, Uh there's waterfalls, there's moss on the trees, there's ferns. And it's like a, it's less than an hour. It's a little loop. And so that's my favorite hike because it's just, it's beautiful. It's accessible. It's easy. It's close. Um, so yeah, I take family and friends to Limpy Creek and I love the vineyards. There's so many beautiful Mm -hmm. vineyards and like Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've lived in Italy and I I loved the wine culture there and I I don't drink very much anymore, but there's something about going to a vineyard where it's just this beautiful place and then having a glass of wine that was made there and you talk to the people Mm -hmm. and you sit outside and it's just, it's so beautiful. I, that's, that's one of my favorite things to do. And so any favorites? Yes. Red Lily. Is mm-hmm. probably my favorite just because it's on the Applegate River. Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful space. And during the summertime, they have the concert series. So every Thursday night from like six to eight, they have live music outdoors. And yeah, there's like, you know, maybe a hundred or so people there and there's families and you bring the kids and everybody's outside and picnic and wine and mm-hmm. the river and music. I love yeah. it. It is a great spot. Yeah. And I, they, they back to doing their concerts mm-hmm. again. So that's yeah, awesome. They started yeah. up. And we actually just went to a vineyard on Sunday called Apricity, and it's in the Jerome Prairie area, Mm -hmm. and um, they had live music. They have live music on Sundays from, it was three to six, and yeah, just another little beautiful spot where Mm -hmm. you just have the view of the vineyards and the mountains, and yeah. Yeah, I I love going to the vineyards as well. They're just absolutely beautiful. Every single one I've been to has been a, a beautiful spot. And yeah. it's hard not to just keep going to the same ones over. Yeah, I, I, do, I tend to do that. To There's do so too. many. So uh-huh. like, I need to go to all of them, but I, I've only been to a few. Yeah. So yeah, the vineyards, hikes. Um, I often take people, like if we want to swim in the river, one of my favorite river spots is called Rainbow. Mm, and it's near, mm-hmm. I think it's out, I don't know if it's Galice. It's out in the Galice area, but it's mm-hmm. just past Indian Mary. And so if you drive past Indian Mary campground, it's the first right. And it's a little public, like public land park mm-hmm. called Rainbow. There's a parking lot. And you kind of have to hike down, but there's a huge sandy beach mm-hmm. that's part shade, part sun. And the river kind of like has a little area where it's not rushing. And it's just a beautiful spot to swim. Yeah, so I've we, been there yeah. once actually. Ah, that's and our favorite. It's a sweet little spot. Yeah, yeah. And not many people know about it because you do have to. You kind of have to know where it is to get there because you have to hike yeah. down. Well, and so, the sign isn't really no. Big yeah, or it's just a little sign. It's compared easy to, to like by. Indian Mary or yeah. some of these bigger parks that are. So this is right on the Rogue River for listeners yes. out there that want to go check it out. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have the river. Yeah, because there's so many beautiful spots. There are so many beautiful spots. Yeah, yeah. So I would say those are my top ones. There's a ton more like that I could share, but I don't know how much, yeah, how many no, spots. That's you have. 
And then the other thing I like to ask too, and, and you know, if, if something comes up to the top of your head is a business that you think people should know about that you just absolutely love. The first one that comes to mind is the blue room, which is my friend Ashley's business. It is. So it's basically blue light therapy. It's and it's also, it's meditative and it's, it's an experience. You kind of just have to go, but, and she, she can describe it better. I don't know all the science and the data behind it, but it's like these healing frequencies of mm. light mm-hmm. and the space is gorgeous. And you just, you go in for like 20 minutes and you get like the, the high vibe light spectrum for like maybe three to five minutes. It takes you to another world. It's amazing. And where is that? It's here in Grants Pass on Williams Highway. Okay. The Blue Room. The Blue Room. Yeah. B-L-U. I have not heard of that one. So that's excellent. I love hearing about new things. Yeah. It's a fun fun experience because it's really its own thing. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I have to go check it out. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, that's kind of, unless you have other things that you, you know, one question here, I'm I'm going to ask it. What do you not like about living in Southern Oregon? Oh, the fires, the summertime fires, which when I Mm -hmm. first moved here, there weren't. I don't remember the summers being full of smoke like they are now. And I know, again, it's also a complicated thing. Like I've heard there's different things about, you know, the way fires are managed. And like, yes, it's good to let things burn because that's kind of part of the natural process, even though human involvement has made things unnatural, you know, an unnatural mm-hmm. buildup of, of things over the last hundred years that humans didn't want burned. And so there's a lot going on there. Um, but yeah, when we get into those smoky summers, it's pretty awful because you can't go outside. Yeah. Like, especially if you have young children with little lungs, my daughter was born, uh, July 13th. Um, a couple of years ago and the fires started right before then. And so for the first two or three months of her life, we had to stay in the house Ugh. because I couldn't take a newborn out into the smoke. Yeah. You know, it was so bad. And so that's, that's the hardest part. I think when, like I tell people like this place is amazing and you should come live here. But I'm like, Oh, except for the summers and the yeah. smoke. Cause if there isn't smoke, it's great. Yeah. But if there is smoke, it's awful. Yeah. And you kind of either have to either just stay inside or you need to go flee go to the coast else, yeah. or go somewhere else. And so yeah. if you have the capacity to travel during the summers, you know, yeah. that's great. But I know. Love. Well, and it's something that's unfortunately hitting the entire West yeah. Coast. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't, uh, people, I've, I've had people ask me that as a, as a realtor, you know, well, are people leaving? Are they going elsewhere? Yeah. And it's like, no, some, but yeah, I, I have one friend who's very sensitive who yeah. can't manage the smoke. But, but, you know, it's like, where are you going to go? Yeah. Um, if you are on the West Coast, it's still likely that you're going to be dealing with smoke and fires because yeah. we're in a drought and that's yeah. just been the way it is. And, you know, otherwise you can go to the East Coast. Then you've got winter. <laughs> yeah. I'll take I'll take the smoke. It's sort of it's sort of like what, yeah. what, you know. And that's the thing. Yeah. Everywhere I've lived, like I said, I've lived in Argentina. I've lived in Italy. I've lived in Hawaii. Like everywhere has its pluses and its minuses. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what are the most important pluses to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the nature and the beauty here is what matters to me and the people like the mm-hmm. amazing community of people. And so if, you know, we have to deal with smoke for a few months or hopefully a few weeks, yeah. you know, I know I, we've gotten lucky yeah. with, uh, here where I think there was one summer that it felt 
yeah. really long. It was months. Yeah, it, that was. was I think that was months. when my daughter was born, 2018, probably. Because yeah, like, we was, literally didn't go outside. Yeah, yeah. But then, then it kind of got a little bit better. And yeah, last year was a little more intermittent, bad. I guess, and didn't start yeah. till a little later. Which yeah, is nice, last year but, started later, and we've gotten more rain this year. Yeah, so hopefully fingers. everything's a little moister. Yes, and less flammable. And hopefully everybody knows all the rules of no burning <sighs> and don't be starting your tractors and your mowers and your, yeah, I just had a friend actually in California who ran over a rock with her tractor. It caused a spark and it set the, set it on fire. Yeah. You know, we had a neighbor who that had happened to with, uh, he usually blows out the dead grass, the grass Mm -hmm. underneath his mower. He went back in the house hadn't done that because I think he, or he did it with a broom, something anyway, yeah. it caught on fire. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, his mower is on fire. Oh my God. Yeah. It was scary. <laughs> it was like, got, got it put out in time and got yeah. it out of the barn and all that. But it's just, we need to be really cautious. So yeah. all y'all out there listening, be cautious. Let's be careful. Yeah. Cause it just takes one little mistake like that and it goes quickly. Yeah. So. I would yeah. say that's the biggest drawback. Like, I feel like there's amazing restaurants here because mm-hmm. I'm like a super foodie. And when I moved here, I was like, oh, small town. But then there's amazing restaurants. And then again, like there's, you know, there's wherever you go, there's mixed people. But I know amazing people here. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really, you know, I haven't really found any other major drawbacks besides the fire. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. See? yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to introducing folks to you and also the school. So if if people want to get more information about the school, um, where do they find you? Our website is rootsoutdoorschool.com. And we are um, gearing up for the next school year, which is 2022 to 2023. And yeah, I think our kindergarten class is full. And we're still accepting for the upper grades, but, okay. um, but yeah, enrollment is open right now Okay, excellent. and we'll be open that we cap the class sizes at 17 students. And so we'll see if, how many classes we end up with this year, but we've definitely have an increase. You know, this is after I feel, I feel like a lot of people were kind of like waiting to see like, is this going to work or yeah. not? Cause it was the first attempt, but it was, it went amazingly and it was a success and the kids loved it again. And so we're gaining some momentum and I will, I'll throw in here at the end and if it's too late, then we don't need to include it, but we do have a fundraiser at wildlife images and that's June 25th. Um, and tickets are available on our website and we'll have live music and face painting and beer and wine for the parents. And you get to have the day at wildlife images. And so that'll be like our big summer fundraiser. Excellent. And because a lot of people might not know, what is Wildlife Images? So Wildlife Images is an animal rehabilitation and rescue center that is um, kind of on the outskirts of Grants Pass. And they do amazing work with animals. And it's an amazing part of Grants Pass, I think. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Well, I don't know if we'll have that in time for the 25th, but also it would be good to know that you can always use funding, right? You can always use, so it doesn't matter. We are always open to donations and yeah, yeah, we, we, um, 
We've gotten a few small grants, but definitely not what we were hoping because the grant process is, you know, it takes a long time mm-hmm. and it's complicated. Um, so we're always looking for people who value outdoor education and creating a new world for our children. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if anybody would like to donate, we happily accept and we are a nonprofit. And so we are mm-hmm. tax deductible. Excellent. And do you ever need physical things as well? Yes. Do you ever keep a list of stuff on your website or how do you, we, or do you uh, want to share? With- yeah, we, um, well, right now we're fundraising to buy another tent for another classroom. And then, um, we have a sky lodge that was lent to us for the year to use for the students. The sky lodge is kind of like a it's like a giant teepee that's raised off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like our common area that provides shade and shelter from the rain. Um, and so we are fundraising also to purchase one that will be belong to the school permanently. Excellent. So, yeah, but there's always, yeah, there's always stuff that we need. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you being here. Yes. Thank you. It was, right. it's always fun talking about things that I love like yeah. Oregon and you know, the kids and the outdoor yeah. school. So thank you. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Well, that wraps up another episode and we'll be back again next week. Until then, have a really good one. This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dedakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.